This is Living Lean, the show that teaches you how to apply the science of nutrition and training to sustainably create your leanest, strongest body and build the most confident version of yourself. I'm your host, Jeremiah Bear. Let's get into the show. What is up, team? Welcome back to the show. It is Q&A time. Let's go ahead and get right into it. So first question that we have. For body recomposition, where should I set my macros? All right, so as far as, far as body recomposition goes, aka building muscle and losing fat at the same time, there's a couple different considerations here. Now, first and foremost, like body recomposition is a very, very individualized process, which is why I can't just give a blanket answer. And I would really say if you want to optimize everything within the body recomposition process this is something that we coach many people through and i would highly recommend you invest in a coach at least for a couple months that will give you such a solid foundation to absolutely crush this process because the reality is more so than like hey i just want to lose fat or hey i just want to build muscle there are so many fine details that you need to be dialed in on to pull off both at the same time So first I'll say, if you don't feel supremely confident going into the process on your own, that you know what you need to do with your training and your nutrition, hit the link in the show notes to apply for coaching with our team. Now, from there, basically within body recomposition, we see body recompositions take on one of three forms. So number one is where you lose fat and build muscle at the same time. So here, while your body weight will stay similar, your measurements and your visual appearance are going to change a lot. Now, within coaching, we most often see this in, in individuals that either A, are new to following a smart, well-structured training program, B, have fallen off the wagon, quote-unquote, in the last six months. So maybe, hey, I was crushing it up until the last year, like these crazy life circumstances came up, or I just completely lost motivation and I haven't been in the gym, I haven't been on point with my nutrition, but I was in very good shape, I had a good amount of muscle mass, or I was relative, a good amount of muscle mass is a prerequisite. So I had a good amount of muscle mass in the past, but I've fallen off, I've stopped training as much. Or C, you are a CrossFitter, typically, or an avid um, Orange Theory or like F45 type trainee who really allows us to take over their program. And so basically you're training based in burning a lot of calories. It feels very intense, but not great for actually building muscle. So here with these individuals, we program in some quote unquote functional bodybuilding or functional aesthetic style of training like most of our clients follow and voila, gains. Now, you wouldn't consider the people for this first class who are most likely to lose fat and build muscle at the same time You wouldn't consider these people quote unquote out of shape, but they'll complain of not looking the part of someone who trains as much and as hard as they do. And really this is typically the individual who, again, they'll work their ass off in the gym, they're crushing it. Maybe they even quote unquote eat clean, but they're just still not that lean and they don't have that much to show from the time of the gym. So here, depending on the individual, if the individual is more like someone who I would who I wouldn't call who they would call themselves maybe skinny fat or like, yo, maybe I am just a little bit fluffy, but again, I, I do a ton of, I burn a ton of calories at orange theory or in CrossFit. Okay. So if you are more on that skinny fat spectrum, okay, we're going to put your calories closer to maintenance. If you are on the more, yeah, I know I'm a little bit fluffier than I should be. 
or than I want to be, um, then we're going to put you in a slight deficit up to about 5% below maintenance calories, but somewhere from maintenance calories to about 5% deficit. Now from here, it makes sense for most people to set protein and fat at their threshold marks. So basically one to 1.5 grams per pound of body weight of protein and 0.3 to 0.4 grams of fat. Basically, these are the effective doses of both that we need, about one gram of protein to make sure that we are building as much muscle as possible, and 0.3 to 0.4 grams of fat per pound of body weight to make sure that hormones are in a good place. Now, past that point, it makes sense to fill your remaining calories with carbs due to their training and recovery benefits. So basically, past that point, we don't get any performance benefits from eating more carbs, but we do get a lot out of or excuse me, we don't get performance benefits from eating more fats or more proteins, but we do get increased benefits from pushing our carb intake up because carbs are gonna be your body's preferred fuel source. Plus they really help aid in recovery, especially, and I know I've talked about it many times, like when we are following this quote unquote functional bodybuilding style of training like our clients do, most of your sets are gonna be somewhere from 30 seconds to 90 seconds. Now, intense exercise in the 30 to 90 second range is fueled by your anaerobic lactic system. When we're looking at your body's main energy systems, the anaerobic lactic system, which is typically the first zero to 15-ish seconds, um, then we transfer over to primarily, and again, we're talking about intense exercise here, then we transfer over to to primarily being fueled by the anaerobic lactic system, which is going to be that 15-ish. And again, like the lines are somewhat blurry, but we can say 15 to maybe 30 seconds in to about 90 seconds. This system, which again is what's fueling most of our training here, is fueled via carbs. So if we're not eating plenty of carbs, training performance is going to suffer, which of course, when we're looking to build muscle, not just lose fat, but also build muscle, that is a big issue. And then past that point, we switch over to the aerobic system, which can be fueled by carbs, fat, or protein in a pinch. But point here is carbs are very helpful. So we're gonna fill the remaining calories with carbs. Now scenario two, and we call this the body recomposition trinity, these three most common cases where we see body recomposition. Scenario two is where you gain muscle, but body fat stays the same. So this is most common for those who start coaching already lean. So we push them into a building phase, AKA a phase focused on building muscle. So to understand why this makes sense, let's say you weigh 140 pounds with 30 pounds of fat mass and 110 pounds of lean mass. So your overall body fat percentage is 22%. Now over a six month building phase, you add 10 pounds of lean muscle. Well, fat stays the same. Now you're 150 pounds with 30 pounds of fat mass and 120 pounds of lean mass. So your body fat percentage is now 20%. So the dope thing about this is you got leaner without technically losing fat. Now I will say for most women who hop on board coaching, actually I would say for most people who hop on board coaching in general who want a body recomposition, this in the it's most common anymore that will actually push you to start in a building phase because most individuals, men and women alike in this case, like if it's someone that's, yeah, I'm hella fluffy. <laughs> I just need to get leaner. They'll know that typically, but a lot of times individuals who, uh, 
and we'll, we'll like be able to identify that. Whereas like a lot of times individuals who want to achieve a body recomposition think it's, I just need to get even leaner, but like, yo, you're already super lean. We actually need to take some time focused on feeding you, teaching you how to fuel your body for performance and building muscle. And that's actually what'll help you achieve the physique that you want, not more time dieting. So if this sounds like you, set your calories in a 5 to 10% above maintenance at the 5 to 10% above maintenance levels. Because again, we want to make sure that you're eating enough to fuel both your training and recovery. Now, again, here, it makes sense to set protein and fat at their threshold marks, aka 1 to 1.5 grams of protein per pound of body weight. And again, like that actual threshold is one gram of protein per pound of body weight, 0.8 to one, we could say, but one's a good mark to be safe just because it's also likely that we're going to get, especially if carbs are able to stay relatively high here, it's also likely that we're going to be able to get a good amount of trace protein. So like uh, trace proteins from oats, grains, etc., which have worse bioavailability so basically don't they don't have the amino acids or raw materials your body needs to synthesize said protein into muscle but it'll still count towards your protein total so i think one gram is always a good rule of thumb um from there again fat is at 0.3 to 0.4 grams per pound of body weight and fill the rest with carbs and for all these like the macro prescriptions and the thing of this is these are general recommendations when we get to know you your lifestyle, your specific struggles, your diet history, what exactly you need to make a recomp happen, what your training program looks like is three days a week, four days a week, five days a week, six days a week, then we can tweak and tailor this so much more to truly fit you, adjust your macro prescription, adjust your nutrient timing, adjust the ratio of carbs to fat to what we determine makes you feel best, bump your protein up more to make sure that you're satiated, or Maybe you're already very satiated. We can bump protein down and bump cards up a little bit more. And that's where the individualization aspect of coaching comes in. So again, keep in mind, these are general recommendations. And essentially here with the body recomposition trinity, we're just talking like, how do you set your overall calories for this? Now, finally, scenario number three in the trinity is when you build a small amount of muscle and you lose a lot of fat. Now, this is common for those already following a smart training program for quite some time, but they've been neglecting their nutrition and you can say they're quote unquote fluffier than than they'd like. Now, we can often create better recovery and more muscle growth by dialing in nutrition, but the quote unquote ceiling for the amount of gains you can make while also losing fat is a bit lower than for someone who hasn't been following a smart training strategy. Now, Luckily, getting leaner will do wonders as far as uncovering all the muscle you've worked so hard to build over the last few years. Now, new online clients in need of a recomposition like this will often complain of not looking like they lift despite being pretty damn strong and following a smart training program. Now, and straight up, like if you've, if anyone listening, if you've seen like my first photo shoot transformation, this is essentially me. I was already training a lot. I was already working my ass off in the gym, but my nutrition wasn't where I needed it to be. Now, due to like me getting more factors dialed in, my sleep, my stress management, having a more structured training program than I did as well, my nutrient timing, et cetera, I also built some muscle during that process. But the biggest transformation there is the fact that I got a lot leaner. So if this sounds like you, set your calories in a 10 to 15% deficit. And one last time, one to 1.5 grams of protein per pound of body weight, three to four gram 
or 0.3 to 0.4 grams per pound of body weight fat and filling the remaining calories with carbs is a good starting point. But again, we need to tweak and individualize this to you, your biofeedback, your training and recovery, your performance, etc. Now, again, the reality here is most individuals who start coaching with us fit one of these bills. So the odds are, even as an intermediate to an advanced trainee, you're likely still very capable of body recomposition. So again, if you're ready to take the smartest, most science-based approach to shifting your body composition, hit the link in the show notes to apply to work with our team. All right, next question we have. What do you think about body fat set point theory? Is it real? If so, can we change our body fat set point? All right, so this is actually a topic I've dived into quite a bit. Um, And it's super interesting to me. The conclusions that I've drawn is it's probably more so a settling point than a set point. Basically, okay, so basically body fat set point theory is this idea that we essentially have a genetically predetermined quote unquote set point that your body fat inevitably returns to. So basically we might gain weight, we might lose weight, but let's say your body fat set point is 20% body fat at 160 pounds. We deviate from that for a period, but our body always tends to pull us back. But again, really, I would argue it's more like a settling point than a set point. The set point theory more or less argues that it's entirely just genetics. But the settling point theory is basically, yes, some genetics are involved, but also your environment, your activity, your nutrition patterns, etc., can 100% change this and shift that settling point either down or up. So the thing to realize here is, I think everyone, no matter what your genetics are like, is a capable is capable of achieving a physique that they can feel amazing in. So never like in this set point theory in and of itself, I think is very uh, disempowering. Whereas more or less, like all the research that we should have does seem to show that it's more a settling point than a set point. So when it comes to changing this quote unquote settling point, a couple action steps that I would take basically, and no matter what, the thing to realize here is this is essentially the prescription for anyone that wants to change their body composition, whether we label this, yo, how do I shift my bodily body fat settling point or yo, how do I build a great physique? Um, interestingly, the prescriptions would be similar, but a couple major things to focus on for this topic specifically, one would be non-exercise activity goals. So we know that non-exercise activity is a huge part of where your body fat settles. So a movement goal helps you consistently or a consistent movement goal to hit is going to be a massive difference maker here. The interesting thing about this is. In individuals who have lost a lot of weight, when we look at the metabolisms of individuals who have lost a lot of weight versus those that were naturally already leaner, um, we'll often see a large disparity in like these individuals who have lost a lot of weight to maintain like, let's say again, like two individuals sitting at 150 pounds. One individual just has already always like kind of naturally been there, whereas the other individual just lost 50 pounds to get to 150 pounds. That individual who just lost so much weight 
with if they're not monitoring modern monitoring damn it hard word to say they're uh neat they're non-exercise activity so basically we look at this as a step goal and this includes things like fidgeting pacing blinking etc but a step goal is realistically the best method that we have now to moderate moderate monitor it wow <laughs> um we're gonna see that that individual that lost 50 pounds they tend to expend a lot less energy via NEAT, which it is in a nutshell is their body somewhat pushing them to regain the weight, to get back to its previous quote unquote settling point. So here, if you're not cognizant of this, if we don't like, okay, I lost the weight, I'm gonna keep hitting this step goal, NEAT will decrease a lot, energy expenditure will be way down. So it is more likely that you will regain the weight. So it's important to monitor this for a good amount of time. James Krieger has done some um, very interesting research on this as well. And really they show like the metabolisms of lean versus obese individuals can vary up to 2000 calories per day just via calories burned through non-exercise activity. So this is a huge piece of where your body fat settles. But the dope thing is, it's very much something you can control when we're talking about knee. Um, well, some of it you can control. You can't sit there and like cogniz consciously fidget all day, but you can, yo, I'm gonna hit a step goal every day, which is why most of our clients focus on hitting a step goal. Next, train consistently with a focus on building muscle. So similar to what we talked about in the previous question, when a client is near the floor of their body fat settling point, AKA they can't lose fat anymore, without fighting extremely hard, we'll often switch to an emphasis on building muscle without adding excess fat. Because adding muscle is a key part of this equation for both men and women alike. Because as we discussed, more muscle, so building more muscle, but keeping fat exactly the same equals a lower body fat percentage. And straight up, I would say for many people, the missing link here is just not having trained, not focused on building muscle for a good period of time. And again, that's true for men and women alike. Next, prioritize lean proteins and fibrous carbs. These are very satiating per calorie and they really make keeping hunger low much easier and help you prevent overeating. So with our clients, we call this auto-regulating your appetite. Basically, it's a good idea to look at these as like the building blocks of your meals. These are the central or the cornerstones of your meals. I'm gonna build all my meals around or for the most part, I'm gonna build 80 to 90% of my meals around lean protein. And if possible, I'm gonna have a piece of fruit or a veggie with every meal. Okay, cool, that's a great start. We know right away, if I'm building my meals around that, that has a good amount of satiety for relatively low calories. And we educate our, our clients on here's how you select leaner protein sources from the context of what we know specifically you like. Okay, here's some great options for you. And let's, the first couple weeks, we're very much gonna make sure you've nailed this. Really, I would say this is one of the fundamental things. We focus so hard on this with our clients the first couple of weeks because it sets them up for so much success down the road. And straight up, this is something like <laughs> we require our clients to talk to us every day the first couple of weeks because we want to make sure that this is so deeply ingrained as far as you know exactly how to choose foods that keep you full. So rather than always fighting this willpower battle of, damn, I'm hungry, but I don't have very many calories left, it's more like, I chose foods in a manner that I'm satiated, so I'm just not that hungry. But like you can feel either way on the same amount of calories depending on the foods that you fill said calories with. Next, don't drink your calories. 
so really like um we could apply this to alcohol can you switch from um a jack and soda to a jack and diet let's say you drink eight of those a week that in and of itself you save yourself close to a thousand calories that's a pound extra pound of fat you lost a month um or an extra pound of fat you gain that you no longer are going to be gaining um different things like again it's probably a good idea to especially if we're looking at like maintaining a pretty lean body to like sports drinks um worse like drinking gatorade zero instead of normal gatorade um we're switching to diet sodas coffees we are like going with black coffee or like an option that's typically 50 to 100 calories or less um now again like there's exceptions to all these rules but mostly like selecting low calorie drinks because we also know from the satiety perspective if you were like i'm gonna every time i go out to drink i drink strictly margaritas um okay cool that's like four margaritas is going to be 1600 to 2000 calories which is heartbreaking but um and like my coffees are all i don't even know like these 300 calorie drinks from starbucks like over the course of a week that those are things where you're getting a lot of calories but very little satiety and the reality is like the difference between a normal margarita and a skinny margarita as far as taste well yes I feel like a massive bitch ordering a skinny margarita. They have to change the name of that. I don't know what it is about that, but I'm always so embarrassed. Um, I was like, want to ask Katie if she'll order it for me, which that's terrible. I don't, that's, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I can't. They need to rename that shit. But regardless, the difference between the two is like taste wise is very small, but that saves you a couple hundred calories just making that swap. Now, from this point, it's smart to likely accept that you might just have some trigger foods you can't have in your house. I think there's also a common thinking that like, hey, when I have this great relationship with food, all these super lean people that have been super lean for years, they can just like, their houses are full of ice cream and Oreos and whatever. And they can just like, hey, I'm going to have an Oreo. Cool. I have a healthy relationship with food. So I'm not tempted to eat any more of these. I think like people think that healthy relationship with food means I'm never tempted to eat these other foods. When the reality is, in my opinion, people that seem to stay quote unquote effortlessly lean just don't put themselves in positions that are super tempting. Now, and this is something that I talk about with my clients a lot. Like I personally know if I get like some sour patch kids, I'm going to eat those till they're gone. Um, if we have like Oreos in our house, if we have ice cream, I'm going to smash that. I think so. I think one of the most powerful things you can do is with things like that. Now, again, I'm not at all saying these foods are quote unquote bad or that they should be avoided per se, but it's smart to have structures in place that create more, um, that force more moderation, so to speak. So for example, and this is again, something to talk about with my clients, like we don't want you to go so far to the other end of the spectrum that. I am terrified to eat ice cream. We don't want that either. But how about, okay, if I want ice cream, it's not going to be in my house because I know I'll eat a whole pint if it's in my house, but, or I'll eat a whole quart. But if I want ice cream, I'm going to go out, I'm going to go through a drive-thru and I can order a small or a medium. And once I eat it, that's it. It's gone. I don't really have access anymore. Okay, cool. Um, And then from there, I would say surround yourself with people that practice the habits you need to keep a lower body fat settling point. I've talked a lot of lately about like finding a tribe, 
finding people that are in alignment with your goals, finding people that really kind of push you to be a better version of yourself. And that can be like listening to podcasts. That can be joining Facebook groups. That can shit, that can be hiring a coach as well. That can be just finding people at the gym that you resonate with, whatever. It's it's the cool thing about social media in the world we live in today is it is very easy to, it is relatively easy to find people similar to you who want similar things out of life to you. So truly, I think auditing your circle here is another very powerful thing. Um, I would also say that you shouldn't be winging it with your nutrition most of the time. And really like the crux of, if you've ever heard me talk about the lifestyle diet that we teach our clients, the crux of it is it's structured flexibility. Basically structure planning ahead is what gives you freedom. So the reality is for most of us, if we just go out like, okay, Saturday, I'm going to eat as I please. I'm going to drink as I please. I'm going to plug it all into my fitness pal at the end of the day and hope it works. It's not going to work. It's very, very unlikely that it will have worked out. But on the, and well, for some people, like the thing to realize here too is if that's freedom to you, that's great. No one should tell you that's the wrong thing to do. But also if you're someone, the problem here lies if you are also someone who like, hey, I have these big physique goals. I want to get super lean. I want to build a lot of muscle. I want to build my best body composition possible. That doesn't align with your goals. But on the flip side, okay, I want to build the best body composition possible. I want to build muscle. I also want to be able to enjoy Saturday with my significant other. And I want to have a couple drinks. I want to get more flexible with my food. Now, like here, structure gives you freedom. So I'm going to plan my drinks ahead of time. I'm going to plan my day out ahead of time, disrupt after my fitness pal. Cool. Now I know what my day needs to look like to stay in alignment with both my goals. I want to be a great significant other. I want to be able to go out, enjoy some drinks, um, flexible food, etc. But I also want to move closer to my physique goals. Perfect. I know how to hit both now. So in that case, again, <laughs> for what you want, I would say that's freedom. Um, and yeah, I think as far as the body fat settling point thing goes, finally, like accountability guidance is another big piece of this also. And truly, this is why I always have a coach. I would say a big piece of my body fat settling point is if I have a coach or not. Straight up, like I'm human too. For me, if I don't have one, someone holding me accountable to my nutrition, holding me accountable to my training, I know I'm not as on point with that shit, which is why I always have someone to do so. Um, and this is different for everyone, but that's something that I know to be true for me. So that's why for the last, what I think over three years now, I've always had a coach. Um, and plus on top of that, I just like, I love learning from different people in the industry so I can give my clients the best possible service as well. But yeah, as far as changing your body fat settling point goes, those are my thoughts. All right, guys. And that is what I have for you for today. As always, thank you for tuning in.